Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. I'm Neil Manthorpe. My co-host, as you will know by now, is Lunkani Sama. South Africa on 99.94 is your uh, South African content portal and we'll be dropping into your podcast feed as often as we can, at least twice a week. More in the aftermath of uh, South Africa's ghastly demise in uh, the T20 World Cup. By the way, uh, if you get a chance, uh, go do check out the Mitch Johnson show where the uh, former Aussie Quick talks about his life in and out of cricket. And do please rate, review and uh, subscribe. Thanks uh, for joining Cricket's Conversation. Sams and I have the, um, I don't know how you describe the task of uh, unpacking South Africa's demise. Um, as those of you will know who followed uh, us during the course of the T20 World Cup, Sam's got every single prediction right. And I said with categor- categorical assurance that uh, I could see no way that the Netherlands could upset South Africa. However, in my defence, I did point out that uh, Ryan Cooks, the head coach, a South African of enormous repute in the coaching world, and his assistant was Gary Kirsten, who is a World Cup winner. Um, we didn't actually talk about the four South African players that would, uh, were in the starting eleven, but they all played a prominent role in what was a truly ghastly day for South African cricket, as magnificent um, as it was for for Holland cricket, Netherlands cricket. It was a truly desperate day for South African cricket. And there is a great deal to unpack, but let me get your thoughts first of all. Yeah, man. Um, I think, you know, if you look at it soberly, which hopefully more South Africans are now, it is the single most embarrassing day in South African cricket ever. I mean, Hansi and all those other shenanigans were one thing, but as a single on-field performance... It is the single most embarrassing day, and so you, you you can't you can't ever live it down. I mean, it's laughing stock of the world. I saw Sachin Tendulkar tweeted today about <laughs> going Dutch. You know, it's you can't escape it. It's it's an absolute shambles. There's no cricketing reason. There's no logical reason. It is a chronic chronic fear of failure, which. It's not even about the occasion, clearly, or, or the opposition, should I say. It's as soon as it comes to a game where you put the words must win before the game, just a South African cricket symptom and phenomenon to just simply go into your shell and forget every single thing that is instinctive and normal and based on form or talent. Or, it just simply froze. And you look at it and you look at the highlights, you know, there were four South Africans on the Netherlands team and they played with the freedom of the world. And the other 11 South Africans on the field just were absolute shadows of themselves. And it's inherent, it's, it's whatever you call it, a legacy of everything that's happened before for the last 30 years. But however you bundle it up, in any world, a South African cricket team of full-time professionals should never lose to a Netherlands team who scratch a team together of has-beens, hope they will be and, you know, part-time bit players from across the world. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It's interesting that you use the word freeze there. Um, we're going to talk quite a bit in this podcast about the, the reasons, and there's a great deal of anger um, amongst South African followers and fans, and that's understandable. 
and Temba Bavuma in in a, an astonishingly dignified, emotional, tearful press conference after the game, said that he and his team would be in for a lot of flack, and he said probably rightly so. But there may be there may be reasons, and neither of you or I is a sports psychologist, and, and but so we're talking about this, and I think we've got license to as amateurs because you know we. I mean, I, I go back to '92, and uh, and and your shared wretched experiences with uh, South Africa and World Cups started shortly after that. But it's interesting. <clears throat> a lot of people said that the game against the Netherlands wasn't a choke because they associate choking with stumbling at a critical moment in a match. Um, '99 semi-final tie against Australia, three balls, one run to win. Um, they. So that's what people associate with a choke. But from my reading of, of sports psychology, um, you know, there are three different um, categories of sporting failure. There are many different categories, but the three which are most closely aligned are choking, panicking, and freezing. Choking is is overthinking and abandoning instinct. So you get a par- paralysis by analysis. Panic is a reversion entirely to instinct and not thinking at all. But the, the one that really intrigues me is the sporting freeze, which is a condition brought on by stress. And I'll come on to uh, evidence that this may ex- be, have been exactly what happened to South Africa in, at the Adelaide Oval in just a moment. But freezing is an immobility, um, as I said, as a response to stress. And they, ju- Mark Boucher himself said after the game, they were never in it. They were never in the game. How can you never be in the game from ball one? Yeah, I mean, you can you can butter it up and say that it's it's a, at a, cru- a crucial time in a game. The reality is, when you see the situation in front of you on the horizon, and you suddenly get spooked. Whether it's an isolated single event when there's 10 runs to win or 500 runs to win, it's there in front of you and your legs stop working and you you stop bowling in the right places. If you juxtapose South Africa's performance against India against South Africa's performance against Netherlands in terms of planning and then executing, particularly with the ball, because in both games they bowled first, there was a very clear set of plans. There was a very clear agenda and an energy in the India game, much harder opposition, much scarier, if you will, more intimidating. But they bowled with purpose and a plan, and they kept India to 130. A week later, you can't bowl to 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 the Netherlands. I mean, it's if if you don't define it as a choke, I don't know what you do define it as, because the only difference between the India game and the Netherlands game is that they knew going into the Netherlands game that there wasn't a tomorrow, and as soon as it seems as if as soon as there's no tomorrow, literally do or die in tournament terms, South Africans can't handle that stress. There's absolutely no other explanation. It's the Netherlands, for crying out loud. It's the Netherlands. Whether you bat first or ball first, it shouldn't matter. You've got some of the best players in the world with bat and ball. You should have enough quality to get past them. I mean, the entire world woke up. Half, half of South Africa fell asleep after the Springbok game and didn't bother watching. They said, oh, we'll catch the highlights and see who we've got once we you know, figure out net run rate. The last thing in the world you expect to wake up to is that you've lost to the Netherlands. 
with absolutely all due respect, and it's a great result for cricket, but it's an absolute shambles for, for South Africa. And it just further flame, you know, it, it further just ignites the fire that says that they cannot handle pressure. So, I mean, if generations before have been sledged mercilessly by the likes of Shane Warne and whoever else, you can imagine what's going to happen to this team whenever they turn up. That World Cup qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe now becomes a very, very serious examination and might be some of the hardest cricket they play because they're playing against nations that have absolutely nothing to lose and they clearly have a hell of a lot to lose, especially when it comes to the knockouts because clearly something just drops as soon as you hear the game. If you do not win today, if you do not turn up today, you are out. There, there's a finality. And it's it's always looking at the negative instead of looking at the positive. If you win today, you're going to say a World Cup semi-final where you're two performances away from lifting the first ICC trophy in South African history. No, you look at it the other way. If we lose today, we, we're out again. We've, we've choked again. You, you wonder if anyone would be brave enough to, to, to say what changed, whether player or management. Because... Seriously, something changed in body language, in intensity, something changed. The team that turned up against Pakistan, they were just punch drunk because they tried to live with Pakistan and they shouldn't have. But against the <laughs> Netherlands, you can't say South Africa threw a punch in anger. And that is it's just abysmal. It's, it's the biggest stage, the opportunity to get to the biggest stage. And they've just absolutely frozen. It's, it's an absolute catastrophe. Freeze, that's exactly the word. We'll take a short break and be back on more of the same subject in a moment. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. All right, so I'm just one um, point of um, logistics. The game started at 10.30 in the morning. It was the only game in the entire tournament to be scheduled for a morning start. And, um, you know, in, in my 30 years of covering South African sport, I, I, albeit many years ago, I thought this sort of tendency had died out. But there was a, a sense of persecution complex and, and paranoia. Um, it was always the referee or the umpire or conditions that conspired against South Africa across all sports. And I know that there was some concern weeks ago before the tournament started, about the fact that, you know, you looked at South Africa's playing schedule and the last game against a qualifier was the only one to be scheduled in the morning. And as you and I know, T20 cricket with an with a early morning start, and early season and late season can uh, change the odds somewhat. And so I just... I, I wonder, I mean, the subject came up, you know, Mark Boucher said, I, I, look, in Boucher's defence, he said the energy was lacking right from the start. I have no idea what it was. Maybe it was the, the time of the game. And he he wasn't blaming it. He said, we have only ourselves to blame. Teba Bavuma said, we have only ourselves to blame. But the fact that he mentioned that, I know that start time was mentioned. Why are we the only team to be given a 10.30 a.m. start early season when there could be some moisture around 
And, uh, you know, we bat first, we lose a couple of early wickets, there's a semi-final place at stake. So I think possibly it was playing on their minds. It had no effect on the course of the game. But I suspect mere fact that Boucher mentioned it means that they were thinking about it. He answered that question in response to why did you bowl first? And he (laughs) said, oh, no, the statistics told us that whatever. It actually doesn't matter. If we start nitpicking about whether you bat or bowl first against the Netherlands and whether the time of day, the fact that it was scheduled that early is because there was going to be a limited viewership of South Africa playing against a qualifier in a game that if they play to form should have been inconsequential or the result should have been a foregone conclusion. So there were other bigger games. They looked at the Pakistan-Bangladesh game as, as in the schedule and said, that's probably going to be the decider for the group, one way or the other. Pakistan probably going to need something, which was true, which didn't realize that South Africa would hand them on an absolute silver platter a chance to fight for the semifinals. Whether you played at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., it shouldn't matter. And, and the mere fact that they spent all their time analyzing times of day for Netherlands instead of worrying about starting strong tells you that already they were spooked. It, it shouldn't matter what time you play Netherlands. It shouldn't matter where you play the Netherlands. I mean, Herschel Gibbs smacked them for six sixes in a row for crying out loud. Like, you, there's got to be a certain authority that you stamp on the game from the beginning to show them that we are better than you, we are bigger than you, we are stronger than you. The adverse happened. You, you win the toss, you decide to bowl. If there was rain around, you understand it. Bright sunshine, not a chance of rain. It's early in the morning. There's absolutely no chance of rain. You put a big total on the board, like you said against Bangladesh. You put a big total on the board, you intimidate the hell out of them, and then you trust your bowlers to defend 180 or 200. The fact that you've gone and said, oh, no, we'll, we'll chase, tells you straight away that already you're thinking negatively. Instead of going, it actually doesn't matter, because it shouldn't really matter. You should be able to turn up against the Netherlands in whatever conditions and have more than them. It's not like they've got five spinners and they're going to scare you if the pitch is low and slow. It, it's got nothing. They've got a bunch of medium paces. So there's absolutely no cricket reason. It's a psychological flaw or psychological wall that anyone who inherits the South African cricket jersey clearly gets when they come to must-win games. And it's a serious, serious problem. It, it, it really is. And we can downplay it and say it was a poor performance, but... This is now passed on. It, we used to say it was the Alan Donald and Lance Clues and that generation. It's clearly been passed on. And it doesn't go away with Mark Boucher because this current team now has that stain on their character where they can always look back and say, you lost to the Netherlands in a game when the entire world expected you to waltz into the semifinals and have a chance to win the trophy. You decided to lose to the Netherlands comfortably. That, that is... <laughs> It's, a, it's ridiculous. Like, there's no, there's no explanation. Like, there's absolutely no explanation. You can put every single one in that squad, except Reza Hendricks, who never got a shout. You can put everyone in that squad and ask them. And there's no logical explanation why the Netherlands would beat you in a, any cricket game with the amount of talent, the amount of experience, the amount of form so many of those players were in, except to say that something got into your head and you suddenly forgot how to play cricket. You suddenly forgot how to have killer instincts, which you had just a week ago. It's not as if they've been lumbering through the tournament, scraping by. They dominated the best team in the the, the team that probably wins this, India. They dominated them with the ball. And okay, they stumbled a bit with the bat, but they still found a way to win. So how do you have such clarity of thought to play against India, some of the biggest names in the world against a hostile crowd, and then you turn up to an empty stadium against the Netherlands, 
who are only realistically playing for automatic qualification for the next World Cup, and you freeze. That's got nothing to do with physical prowess or anything. That's just an inability to cope with pressure. And it's, it's, it's a South African symptom. It's a South African disease. What did you make of um, Boucher's comment afterwards? It was clear in the press conference that he was deeply um, frustrated um, and, and hurt, gutted is what he said. Um, he said, I'm gutted and every single player in the changing room is gutted. But he did say a couple of moments earlier that uh, as far as coaching was concerned, he felt absolutely 100% confident that he and his coaching staff had ticked every single box that they needed to do. I mean, it's understandable that he was defending himself and and his coaching staff. Um, I mean, it may not have been the most astute, politically correct thing to do, but but it's understandable. Um, But it was also symptomatic of a man who just had absolutely no idea what had happened or why. Well, he's gone through it before himself a few times. And he's seen that same vacant expression in players that he played with and players that he now coaches. And there, there is no explanation. You, it, it, it's clearly helpless. We've heard it from a few in the past that they just see a vacant look of helplessness. And I mean, you know, we, we go back to the four Dutch, uh, South African players in the Dutch team. The things that they were doing and the way they were doing them is in such contrast to, to the way that South Africa played. I mean, my book came... And just laced Rabada everywhere from ball one. The same, every single one of them just came in and played. Ackerman did the same. The, the catch that Rula van der Merwe took, you don't take a catch like that if you don't, A, want the ball, because it's easy to just look at it and say, oh, that's beyond me. I'm not going to take it. I'm scared of dropping it, so I'm not going to go for it. He's run backwards from short fine leg to square leg, full length, inches off the ground. You don't do that unless you've got a freedom of expression that says, I want this moment because I can feel that this moment is ours. You, you play with a freedom, not a recklessness, a freedom. And on the opposite, there were these half shots and there were these tentative pushes and there were these, you know, flickers of hope. And even with the ball, the ball was just put there. And you could tell the, the, the intensity that came before was suddenly not there. There was, there was something holding them back. And in the absence of playing against the Australians of the 90s and the 2000s that literally physically intimidated you with everything they do, this Netherlands team doesn't have that. This, they, 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 they are a developing nation who every neutral will support because of the spirit that they play with and, and, and what they bring to the game and the flavor they have. But in their hearts of hearts, they would have said there's absolutely no way we should beat South Africa unless they do something unnatural. All things being even, South Africa should beat Netherlands every day of the week and twice on Sunday, except this Sunday because South Africa simply didn't turn up. And you you can butter that up however you want. It's it is it, it is it is ridiculous. Every single headline that they get going forward for the rest of the year, they can be battered from pillar to post because they deserve it. You it, it, your single job is to play cricket properly. Most of these cricketers that they were playing against, they don't even play full time. They're club cricketers. They, some of them are students on their way to, you know, financial degrees or whatever degrees. Or they're like Rula van der Merwe. They're giving back to the game. It's, there is absolutely no way that you explain to any logical human being in years to come how that Netherlands team beat that South African team in a World Cup match of consequence. It just does not make cricket sense. 
it it doesn't. So we shouldn't excuse it. Absolutely shouldn't excuse it. And the bigger question is how many psychologists do you need to hypnotize or brainwash or do whatever the hell to to, to take away this this fear? I mean, thank goodness Devil Brevis wasn't in Australia because he would also now be contaminated with the same disease where you sit in a change room and there's this vacant look of helplessness where you wonder some of your heroes can actually play the game because it's clearly what happened. You know, you 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 worry about every single player, especially the ones who still got years to come, because they've seen it now. They've seen it live in a game that there's no way you should lose. You've lost. How do you explain it? People will look at you for years and go, "How the hell do you lose to the Netherlands? How?" I can't explain it. Well, we'll take a short break and try again in a moment. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Um, Zams, uh, and we probably can't explain it, and you know we're, we'll do our best. Uh, what about the the, the travel schedule? Um, what about um, all of the lessons that I can think, certainly uh, back over the last quarter of a century, that that, that haven't been learned? Um, you know, this it was a, it was a it was a tough tour, albeit five T twenties of India, with a lot of travelling, a lot of you know pretty long distance travelling. Wasn't like they were just sort of hopping from one city to another. There were, there were, you know, double flights and check. So, played a five match T Twenty series and then an ODI series, then gone straight to Australia, and that that's the only. I mean, KG Kahisarabada was a shadow of himself um, through the World Cup. He took two wickets at seventy five and, and went for nine and over. Um, his first over against Bangladesh went for 17. His first over against Pakistan went for 16. And I think he went for 17 again in his first over against the Netherlands. Um, he is He's the jewel in the crown. He's the leader of the attack. We love him to bits. He's done some unbelievably incredible things for South Africa. He's wholehearted. I don't doubt for a second um, his commitment um, and his desire to, to play for, for South Africa, but he, do you know, do you know the, the Netherlands players themselves thought this isn't Rabada. This is not Rabada. I'll tell you a story about that in a moment. Um, but what he, he, what, what was it? Is he, I mean, that, yeah, it's a long, long schedule for the leader of the attack. No, he, He's had breaks in between. I mean, he didn't play in the England series. In that schedule has been managed. Uh, you, you're boiling four overs a day, man. It's, you, you know, like I said before, you, we can clutch at whatever straws you want in a in a serious heavyweight battle where you know the margins are fine. There should be absolutely. If one of your bowlers is off against a team like the Netherlands, they bowl two overs and and you bowl around him. They. Of course, it's 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 hugely disappointing when one of your champion bowlers doesn't turn up because you build part of your plans around him. Um, but you know we've said this before in, in in the shortest format, 
um, you know, all, everything goes out the window. If you do not turn up and you're half-hearted in any part of your approach, it shows. And within a ball, Myberg realized Rabada's just going through the motions he's kind of putting there and he slapped it through point. And then he just stayed on the attack. Uh, hungry, fierce, furious Rabada comes back the next ball like Alan Donald did in 96 and knocks the guy on the head and just reminds him that, hey, you're not just going to walk up to me and, 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 and slap me across the face. For crying out loud, we played against Myberg in, in first-class cricket yonks ago. He's, he would tell you himself he's pretty much a has-been. There's absolutely no way that you can turn up to bowl to Coley and then you don't turn up to bowl to Myberg. It, it just doesn't. You're not injured. You're not fatigued. Boucher said they're not overtrained. Everything was there. And, 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 and the carriage here was that you're going to a semi-final against New Zealand again. And inexperienced New Zealand, you've got every chance to go to the final. You've got every chance. So th th there's nothing to do with scheduling. There's nothing to do with workload. Um, it's just a chronic fear of, of the occasion. Um, and, and it was a number of players who, when, the, when people do things out of character, we've spoken about this in previous episodes. When people do things out of character, it can only be because of the size of the occasion either the pressure that's on you personally or the collective pressure that's on you as a team to, to put a performance that shuts the doubters up. But there, there's doubts. In, in, in every sport, there's doubts. Your job is, is, is to stick to the basics and, and do them accordingly. The, the shots that South Africa played would have told the Netherlands straight away that, okay, we, we're in business here. Quinny de Kock should have started the way that Maybeck started, just to shut down the noise I mean, those, that chorus would have got louder and louder as the run rate got higher and higher and the wickets kept tumbling. Because even, even a minor nation like Netherlands realizes, I'm sure Gary Kirsten would have helped and said, if you keep the pressure on them and you just remind them of the pressure of the occasion, remind them how many times they failed at World Cup stage, they could capitulate. That's his job. He's wearing a Netherlands jersey now. You can't expect him to be patriotic. But... It would have been a punt. It would have been a punt in blind hope. The last episode we spoke about the fact that Netherlands are watching every single highlight of when they almost beat South Africa, saying that there is a chink in the armor. We just have to turn up. Everything has to happen right. But most importantly, they need to not turn up. They need a huge helping hand from South Africa in order to have any chance. And they got it. And they got it from poor one because they would have gone back to the change room and said, I can't believe they've stuck us in. It's a perfect day for batting. The pitch is only going to get slower. It's only going to hold up. They've played right into our hands already. They've given us an advantage. Let's take advantage of this new ball early morning and slap it around and see what we get. And then trust our bowlers to just ask the questions and just put it there and bowl to this bigger square boundary and dare them to stuff it up. And they stuffed it up. But they gave the Netherlands the, the game plan even before it started. They said the best chance that you have is to put a bit of scoreboard pressure on us and then we'll stuff it up with a bat. And that's exactly what they did. Netherlands are sitting somewhere probably still pretty hungover on a flight back back home. Can't believe that they're celebrating more than whoever's going to win the World Cup because they've made the absolute cricket headline of the decade, certainly, the year by country mile, of the absolute decade, purely just by playing normal cricket. There is no explanation. There's absolutely no explanation. Well, there is, but it's a, it's a sociological, psychological one that uh, is... Um above our pay grade. Uh, but you know what? We're going to carry on this conversation um, in the next episode. And and also, <laughs> for what it's worth, <clears throat> we're going to 
we'll give our thoughts on the semi-finals. For now, um, you've been listening to South Africa on um, 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe. Uh, wherever you enjoy your podcast, you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at, at Neil Manthorpe and at Whamzam17. I don't ever want to talk about that performance again, man. I, I want to distinguish, extinguish it from memory because <laughs> it, it, it just, I thought I was over it. It just infuriates me just thinking about it. Like how, like how? Best chance to get to a semi final, and that's what you do. I, I don't ever want to talk about it. So in the next episode, <laughs> we can talk about whatever you want. We can talk about how wonderful India batted or how unlucky Australia were to lose out on a semi final at home. Anything but how South Africa lost to the Netherlands. Cheers. <laughs>Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.